The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So how many of you have a spiritual practice that you keep regularly? How many of you on a regular, even daily daily basis, pray before meals or pray before bed, read scripture or meditate? In what ways do you practice your faith throughout the week? You know what? As Lutherans, we've done a pretty poor job in comparison to other denominations, in talking about spiritual practices. We've built a religious culture that focuses almost exclusively on Sundays. We get up, we go to church, we socialize with family, friends, and neighbors, and then we go home. And the rest of the week, well, that's filled with the things of life, jobs, kids, volunteer activities, recreational sports leagues, and all the other things that we do day to day. And of course, that's all fine. We need these things. We need to work and we need to enjoy time with family and friends and we need to engage in recreational activities. They're good for us and good for our souls. But if our spiritual journey is about our relationship to God through Jesus Christ, then let me ask it this way. What are you doing each day to attend to that relationship We all have relationships in our lives. Spouses, partners, friends, neighbors, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, the list goes on and on. How many of us have had friendships that got lost over time? How many of us have grown apart from family we were once close with because of the busyness of life? How many of us for a season have grown apart in our marriages? It happens to all of us. People who were my best friends in high school and college are now, at best, acquaintances. Relationships take time, they take energy, they take work. For a relationship to last the test of time, we have to put effort into maintaining that relationship. Time together, phone calls, emails, Christmas cards, get-togethers. 
That's how relationships are sustained, by attending to them. And if we don't, if we don't take care of our relationships, we run the risk of losing those relationships altogether. Every Ash Wednesday, every year that we gather to mark the beginning of the 40 days we call Lent, we meet Jesus in the sixth chapter of Matthew's Gospel. So this makes a little more sense this year, right? It's year A, the year of Matthew. But let's take a quick look at where we are in the story. Remember, chapters 1 and 2 are birth narrative. We heard those texts, at least some of them during Christmas and the season of Epiphany. In chapter 3, we met John the Baptist and Jesus calls his first disciples. We'll hear from chapter 4 next Sunday, the temptation of Jesus. And after his temptation, continuing in chapter 4, Jesus calls the rest of his disciples and begins a ministry of traveling and healing and teaching. Now think about what starts in chapter 5. Do you remember? It's the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the Sermon on the Mount stretches from the start of chapter 5 to the end of of chapter 7, right? Chapter 8, verse 1 is, and Jesus came down the mountain. The start of chapter 5 to the end of chapter 7. So what does that mean about where we meet Jesus on Ash Wednesday? We're right smack in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, prior to last week's gospel reading, we had three weeks from chapter 5 on the Sermon of the Mount. And what was all of that teaching about? Discipleship. This isn't a general teaching meant for all people. It's not a prediction of the world to come. It's not Jesus teaching about his own death and resurrection. It's not a passage about healings and exorcisms. There are lots of that all throughout Matthew's gospel. But that's not what we have here. Chapters 5 through 7, this Sermon on the Mount, are about what it means to be disciples in the world. For the last several years, I've taken Ash Wednesday to preach about sin and repentance, about Lent being a time to hold up a mirror to ourselves, our communities, our world, and to be honest about the sin and the brokenness that we see. And it's true, that is what Lent is about. But as I've been doing more reading and studying and reflecting on this text from Matthew, this text that we hear each and every year on this day, I think Jesus is also inviting us into a practice of tending to our relationship with God. In a me-centered, ego-driven world, it's easy to spend the majority of our time focused on ourselves. We've been taught and socialized to seek our own gratification, our own satisfaction, our own greed, our own wants and needs and desires. We've been taught to lift up our successes and to strive to put our best image forward. But why do we do that? What's the underlying force that animates those drives? It's a desire to achieve some sort of status for ourselves before other people. We want to be seen. We want to be noticed. We want to be praised for our achievements. 
and none of it's inherently bad, but you can see how all of the focus is on me. Jesus is responding to a similar practice in his own time. Some, particularly among the religious elite, were very outward and showy about their level of religiousness. So they would say loud prayers in the market square to show how faithful they were. They'd make a big deal about the amount of money they gave to support the poor. They'd really play up their suffering when they fasted so everybody would know how faithful they were. Jesus looked at these practices and saw them for what they were, an attempt at self-aggrandizement. Now I want you to notice something really important here. Jesus does not, does not reject the practice of giving to charity, of prayer or fasting. In fact, Jesus seems to take for granted that his followers are doing these things. He expects that these things are already a part of their daily lives. But Jesus invites his disciples into a practice of prayer, almsgiving, and fasting that turns the focus away from the person doing the act to the one to whom it is all directed, God. For Jesus, these spiritual practices are not about us and our ability to do them or do them well or to be recognized for doing them. Instead, prayer, almsgiving, fasting, and any other spiritual practice are about tending to our relationship with God. These practices lead us into deeper relationship with God, made known through Jesus Christ. By engaging in spiritual practices, we journey deeper into an intimate relationship with Jesus, who reveals to us the very nature and character of God. Love, that love, that deep and abiding love is missed if the goal of our daily practices is our own ego. True, deep, abiding love that is willing to give itself for the sake of the other is found rooted in God's love made known in Jesus. By daily working at spiritual practices, we more fully experience that love in our lives because we grow in relationship with Jesus. And then having experienced that love, we work to share it with others so God's love for us in Jesus becomes the very heart of our love and service toward our neighbor. And it's through this that we begin to see the kingdom of God take root. All of it begun in relationships. Ash Wednesday begins 40 days of Lent, extending from Ash Wednesday to Good Friday. And I invite you, I invite you in this time into the discipline of spiritual practice to deepen and expand your relationship with God through Jesus. So choose one new practice to which you might give daily attention, saying prayers at bedtime, praying before meals, reading scripture every day, putting money in a jar or an envelope each day that at the end of the week you donate to charity. If you're healthy enough, taking periods of time each day to fast. For 40 days, 
We will pray together, we will worship together, we will sing together, and we will confess sin together. And this year, let us commit to joining with one another in tending to our relationships with God through Jesus with a spiritual practice. And come Easter, I bet we will see our lives and our community transformed through the resurrected Jesus. And we will see and share in that Spirit of God alive and active among us. Amen.